Hello and welcome to the Noob Investing Podcast, Episode 6, Investing During a Market Crash. I'm your host, Jadon, and today I'm going to go over all the crazy stuff happening with the stock market, how pretty much every stock is down, and managing fears and doubt during these uncertain times. Now, I know that in the previous episode, I promised that I was going to do an entire episode where I reviewed the CP. AAS uh, sector, the CPAS sector, and specifically two of the companies that really interest me within that sector, namely CM.com and Twilio. However, that episode has proven to be much more work than I initially expected, and I don't want to just release content for the sake of releasing content if I'm not at least happy with the product that I make. So, With that said, this episode was a perfect storm of spending a lot of time working on the CPAS stuff, only to decide to pivot to this instead and then getting hit with life and work, which made finding time to record quite difficult. Sorry for that, dear listeners. This episode took way longer than expected, but I hope it was worth the wait and can provide some value to you. So instead of rushing and making a crappy episode on the CPAS sector that neither you or I will be happy with, I decided instead to talk about what's going on with the stock market, since it's around the time many companies are reporting their Q1 results, and many, many stocks are crashing hard. To that end, in this episode, I will just briefly touch on how several companies are performing, how the stock market is reacting, why the market is reacting the way it is, and most importantly, the psychology behind investing during a crash or a bear market. Once again, dear listeners, I feel compelled to tell you that I am not a financial advisor and this podcast, if you couldn't tell based on the name, doesn't provide any financial advice whatsoever. I am a noob investor and if you decide to take anything I say on this cast as financial advice, then that's on you. This podcast is meant purely for entertainment and educational purposes only, so keep that in mind. Everything mentioned on this podcast is purely my opinion and views and should not under any circumstance be taken as financial advice. As I have said numerous times, I am still in the process of learning about investing and I'll be the first to admit that I know pretty much nothing before I start researching for the podcast. And what I learn, I try to share with you because I know there are many people like me who are thinking about investing or have just started and have so many questions that aren't being answered. So with that bit of PSA out of the way, let's get started. I think one of the two things might be happening to investors right now in this sort of bear market, depending on how enfranchised of an investor they are and what their preferred investment methods are. I think to anyone who has been investing for a long time, what is happening in the stock market might not seem like anything new, especially if they they have already went through the, the crash in 2008. And to anyone who just recently started, this seems like a scary and uncertain time. Or it might actually be the opposite, since if you've been investing for a long time, you probably aren't happy to see a bear market because it might stay like that for a while. And if you just recently started investing, you might be like so many new investors and just excited that all the stocks are down so you can buy more and dollar cost average your way to a good price for some amazing stocks. In either case, however, you are choosing to view what the stock market is doing right now. I think we can all agree on two things, and those are one, the stock market is in the red, 
and seems to keep going in the red week after week. And two, we have no idea how long this will last or when will we reach the absolute bottom. Given the uncertainty of the situation and that many of the companies I personally invested in are now in the red, I think it's a good time to be talking about what is happening to the stock market, what at least my strategy is for handling the market, and why I am doing what I'm doing. And along the way, I will touch on several of the companies I own personally or am interested in. Let's first look at how some companies in different sectors are doing since many have already reported their Q1 reports and we are still in the middle of corona so given this you might expect at least i expected that many if not all the companies that were doing well at the start of corona and through most of 2020 would still be doing well provided of course they keep executing well and i expected many companies that were hit hard by corona to still be struggling or maybe they have adapted to the new environment they find themselves in a bit but it's probably still not enough for an example of a corona proof and a corona susceptible for corona proof and corona susceptible businesses you can think of shopify which benefited from people having to switch over more to e-commerce and you can think of walt disney as a business that despite pivoting more towards disney plus still got hit hard due to the closure of their theme parks so if we examine businesses like this you'd assume that things will keep functioning as they have done for the past year with more focus on growth companies over the traditional value companies. However, this doesn't seem to be the case. If you look at how hard many of the stock growth stocks have been hit in the past couple of weeks, while on the other hand, many of the traditional value companies like Coca-Cola or PepsiCo haven't been hit as hard at all and may actually be up a bit. So what's happening? Why are so many stocks down and why were so some hit much harder than others? Well, if you look online and specifically to something like YouTube, you might be you might be getting the impression that many investors are moving towards crypto or other asset classes and in doing so selling out of their stocks in order to avoid the crash that everyone says is coming every year since the last crash in 2008. Well, while I'm sure some people might be doing this, I doubt the vast majority of investors are getting into crypto. I think it's important to understand that the majority of stock mar- of the stock market is comprised of institutional investors like hedge funds and a much smaller portion are the private everyday investors like you and I. And the reason this is important is because this puts huge power in the hands of the institutional investors over private investors in shaping what the market looks like and does. Now, if you were unaware, you might think that the goal of either type of investor is to invest and make money on a long time horizon and short term fluctuations don't really matter, right? Wrong. In the case of private investors, you might be investing for your retirement, for example, in which case you are incentivized to invest for a long time to get the best out of compounding. The more you keep putting money into the market and taking it out, the more you need to pay in transaction costs and the more likely you are to make a wrong investment and lose money instead of having your investment compound over time. This is why as a private investor, the best thing you can do is invest in strong companies that keep generating value over a long period of time because that reduces your risk. On the other hand, institutional investors belong to a company like a hedge fund, for example, and need to generate a profit either per quarter or per year for clients, which is better than what those clients could achieve from simply investing in an ETF, for example. Because of this, institutional investors are operating from a significantly different mindset than private investors do. In addition to that, institutional investors operate with much more money than private investors do, 
So in some cases, like for example, or Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett, they often invest in the billions so that limit so that actually limits the companies they can invest in without having buying out the entire company. Not saying Warren Buffett invests for short-term gains or anything like that, but just using him and Berkshire as an example of limits set on institutional investors that aren't placed on private investors that can really hamper or restrict their ability to invest in companies. To sum this up, private investors normally invest for the long term and can, ha- can invest in any company without any restriction placed on them usually, while institutional investors have to demonstrate better returns for their clients than the stock market over a specific period of time and often have restrictions placed on them based on how much they are investing. Because of this, they basically have to prioritize short-term gains from quarter to quarter over stable long-term growth like you and I might do. In doing so, institutional investors move from investment to investment, buying and selling stocks depending on whether or not they need to show good returns for their clients or already have good returns. So now we have discussed who are the players influencing the stock market and how they approach investing. But now we should discuss what are the things happening on the macroeconomic scale that are influencing a sell-off in the stock market. Well, probably the first thing is that the inflation and interest rate is higher this year. Basically, the central bank always tries to maintain a 2% inflation rate. However, given that more money needed needed to be printed this last year to support the economy, this has led to increased inflation. Currently in the US, the inflation of consumer goods is about 4.2%, which is more than double what people expected. Also, interest rates on loans has gone up and therefore it's more expensive to borrow money to finance company growth. What these two things mean is that because inflation is higher and any projections investors have made regarding the profitability and value of a company or companies in the future might differ significantly because the value of, of money has decreased more than expected. This impacts companies that are in the growth phase more than established companies that are already profitable. In addition, regarding the interest rate, this disproportionately impacts growth stocks more than very stable enfranchised companies because in the case of growth companies, they need to borrow more money to support their growth at scale before they can become profitable. And now with increased interest rate, borrowing that money has just become more expensive. All in all, these two factors have led to a shift in the stock market away from growth stocks, which have increased a lot since the start of Corona to a more undervalued to more undervalued companies that were hit hard during Corona, like any company in the travel sector, for example. It basically turned out that the earlier a company was in their growth phase, the harder they have been hit by these two factors. This is not to say that companies like Amazon or Alphabet or Apple also haven't been hit because they have, but given that they are already profitable and immensely so, they are doing significantly better than companies that aren't yet profitable, say like Pinterest. So that's why the stock market and specifically many growth stocks are down, but it's probably not the only reason, at least not for US stocks, because apparently in the US, in addition to the previous factors I listed, you also have the increase in capital gains taxes. Now, I don't live in the US and I don't follow the exact policies regarding taxes in the US, but this is something I think might be affecting investors and might be contributing to the massive sell-off that's happening right now. So in order to not provide you with any incorrect information, that's all I'm going to say regarding the capital gains taxes for right now. 
Well, now that we have addressed the two types of investors and the reasoning for institutional investors to sell off their stocks at this moment, we should probably also talk about the one thing private investors are concerned about right now. And that is, what am I supposed to do now? Buy, sell, hold? While this is obviously an extremely important question, it's one each investor needs to answer for themselves or with the help of a financial advisor, which, by the way, is not me. All I can say is on this is what I am doing, but keep in mind that this is what I am doing and because I think it's the right thing to do for my personal financial situation. Your situation might be different, in which case what I plan to do might royally mess you up if your situation is very different than mine. So my plan and what I'm currently doing is to check the Q1 reports for all the companies I own. Obviously, knowledge is power. I haven't managed to go through through all of them yet, pretty much any of them in or any of them in too much detail yet due to lack of time, as you can probably tell based on how long it took for this episode to come out. But at the very least, I try to evaluate the key metrics for the Q1 reports from all the companies that I own, determine what exceeded my expectations, but more importantly, what didn't meet expectations. Say, for example, user growth, or for example, in the case of Lemonade, one of the companies I own, they're an insurance company. They had a higher loss ratio of 121% this quarter, while everyone was expecting a lower lower loss ratio, around 70 to 80%. And it's when you see concerning stuff like this that you need to figure out why did this key metric fail to meet expectations. And is it a one-time thing that couldn't have been avoided or was it just unpredictable? You know, these kinds of things. Like, is there a reasonable justification for this or is it really a systemic problem that is very likely to occur again and significantly impact the outlook for the company in the future? Coming back to my example of Lemonade, they are an insurance company and have many customers in California, which you may or may not know had a huge snowstorm that caused a lot of damages. This was a very bad weather storm that, in the words of Lemonade themselves, provided the company a massive stress test, which ultimately led to a loss ratio of 121% for this quarter. But despite this, my rationale for still investing in, a, in Lemonade, even though I am very much in the red right now with it, is that I think they have a great product that is extremely liked by their customers, unlike anything in the insurance space right now. They are expanding the business, both in terms of different types of insurances that they are providing, as well as becoming more and more international, and are growing their customer base through providing excellent service, which service which will lead to customers adopting more and more products over time, and becoming more profitable customers in the future. Sorry that I just went on a little tangent about Lemonade. I really just like the company and its potential. But coming back to what I was originally trying to illustrate is that if you invest in individual companies during this supposed crash, then now is the time you really need to understand what you are invested in. Because if you aren't sure, then how can you be expected to make many good de- any good decisions about any of the stocks you hold? For me personally, after having researched the companies I invested in, and even though my portfolio has taken a significant hit these past couple of weeks, I'm still choosing to hold all my stocks. Even more so, I see this crash as a sort of everything is on sale moment, which I am choosing to buy more of the stocks I hold at a discount. In doing so, getting a lower average price per stock, and eventually when the stock prices go up again, make even better returns. Again, that's what I'm doing with the stocks that I own. And to prevent myself from jumping in too early when the prices are still dropping, 
I plan to invest in two parts every month. Whenever I get my salary, I place a portion that I invest every month aside to invest that month. But now what I plan on doing is to split that part, that part into two parts. The first part I will invest on the day when the stocks are down. And specifically, the stocks I own should be anywhere from 5 to 10% down before I invest, invest more in them. And the second part I will keep on the side waiting in case the stock price drops even further below the first price for any of the other for, uh, companies, for example. In this way, I maximize my chances of buying the stock at the best price and lowering my average cost. My reason is from my reason for doing it like this is from a fundamental perspective. If you've invested in a great company, then this drop in stock price is just a sale for that company's stock. At least that's how I choose to view it. Again, this is just what I plan on doing because I think that works for my personal financial situation. And I'm not advising anyone to do what I am doing at all. You have your own circumstances and your own risk tolerance and your goals. So, of course, it's extremely unlikely that what works for me will work for you. So, yeah, that's my plans at least. Of course, I've calculated the fair value of the companies I own and my personal margin of safety. And right now, multiple are currently under that. So, for me, it's a great moment to buy. Unfortunately, though, this strategy does have a very real downside that is visible whenever I log into my broker. Lots of big red numbers currently. Not the fun experience to see several of the companies you have high conviction for just being in the red. As crappy as this is, I just need to remember that investing is a long game. And years from now, I will reap the rewards of my consistent investing. And that makes this period of stock losses feel okay. Investing requires discipline and you should try to keep your emotion and biases as much as possible out of it in order to make the best and most rational decisions. So yeah, that is kind of what I wanted to talk about in this episode. Bear markets either induce fear or provide an opportunity for investors and whichever one it does depends on you and your personal circumstances, how you choose to go about tackling them. And that was sort of what I wanted to talk about this podcast. I sincerely hope this episode was somewhat worth the wait and that you can find some value from it. I'm gonna try to get the next episode out on time, but I don't think that that one will be on the CPAS sector either, to be honest. This mostly because the next two weeks are going to be particularly demanding in terms of work, as I have more than one 12-hour workday this week, and next week probably as well, combined with a two-day conference. So yeah, gonna be difficult to do a ton of additional research alongside PhD obligations, but I will try my best. I think for the next episode, I will try to tackle the FIRE movement or Financial Independence Retire Early movement. So look forward to that. And before I finish the cast, just some quick references if you want to do some research on your own. I would suggest any Q1 earnings report from any of the companies that you own. Go to read up on those now. Figure out how your companies are doing, what can be better, what are they exceeding at. And yeah, those kinds of things. The more of an informed decision you can make regarding your stocks, the better. In addition, I would also recommend reading the insight section of Vanguard.nl, which discusses some aspects of inflation. So good sources there as well. And in addition to those, you can also check out the market news on Investopedia, which will keep you up to date on what's happening as well in the market right now. And that was it regarding references for this episode. So if you want to reach out to me and ask me something personal or you would like to ask a question on the cast, you can reach me at 
noob underscore investing at hotmail.com. In addition, if you want to join a thriving community of people eager to learn more about investing, um, well, that's probably not how I would describe my Facebook group as of yet. But if you still want to join this remote group of investors consisting of me, myself, and I, then go to the Noob Investors Facebook group and join now. So thanks again for listening, everyone, and I'll talk to you soon again. Peace.